Exodus chapter 22, we, we went through the money and the lending and the stuff and the possessions series. We're getting now into uh, interpersonal relations. Um, we're reading, we'll read verses 16 and 17 this afternoon. It says, and if, and if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. We consider in the subject for just a few minutes this afternoon, enticed. Enticed. It's important to note that in verse 16, this maid, this virgin, she has not been with man, neither is she betrothed or she's not engaged. Engaged. Okay. So we're not talking about a marriage scenario because that's a whole different conversation. Enticing someone else's wife or husband. The word enticed means to deceive or seduce, to persuade, to take someone who is simple or open-minded and allure them. Anybody ever been fishing before? There's all kinds of lures out there, isn't there? There's all kinds of enticements, right? Something shiny, something spinny, something that might churn the water, something that might even make a little bit of a noise, colorful, something that attracts, enticed. So we're not talking about, and the Lord is not bringing up someone who is married. Again, that would be a different conversation altogether. And he's not even talking about someone who's engaged or betrothed. The word betrothed means engaged, okay? So if someone is engaged, though they're not married, they would be as if they were uh, set out to be another man's wife or set out to be a woman's husband. Not committed. This is a woman that's not committed. This is a woman that's not married. She's not engaged. She's not committed. But legally, lawfully, and openly, she is available for a relationship. Now, when I say that, we say that she's open for a relationship God's way. Okay? How the world perceives someone, well, the world looking at it, doesn't matter if you're married or not, doesn't matter if you're engaged or not. Okay? But how God sees it is marriage is intended for one man and one woman. Okay? So this woman, not yet betrothed, not yet engaged, not married, legally and lawfully is open to a marriage relationship. We have some unmarried people in the room today. Legally, lawfully, and before God, you are open for a God-honoring relationship, doing it God's way. Be very careful then of enticements. Okay, of lures, and we're gonna we're gonna get into some of that. But this man, you notice that men and women, but men 
use enticements to try to get what they want. And believe it or not, men are pretty predictable. What did he want? He wanted to entice a maid that she lied with him. Okay? So it's good for men to understand their depravity. Okay? The wisest man that ever lived, what was his heart? If he withheld nothing from his heart, what was his heart? To have as many wives as he could possibly have. So, men, we should understand this. These verses expose men and their depravity, doesn't it? Be honest with ourselves. It exposes us in our depravity. It also exposes women in their vulnerability. Not many women can overpower a man, but how then would they, where is their power? Also through seduction. The, the preacher Solomon in the book of Proverbs, he warned his son about a woman who would entice, come, be with me, my husband's away, please come, uh, flowers and all this kind of stuff. So male and female, there is none outside of male and female. He made in the beginning he created male and female. We're all male or female. All of us are exposed under lust and enticement. Everyone is exposed here. So be first aware of that. But being enticed, this woman is going down a painful road. Okay? She's going down a painful road, and, and this man is enticing her to go down a painful road. Be reminded of Exodus 21 and verse 1. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. The Lord speaking to Moses, go tell the children of Israel this. Matthew, we've read multiple times now that even in this these two verses, verses 16 and 17 of Exodus chapter 22, that in Matthew verses uh, chapter Matthew chapter 22 Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 through 40 Jesus said to them thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two hang all a l l all the law and the prophets so examining this afternoon these two verses on enticement, being enticed, if we are to fulfill the law of God, then we should understand the spirituality of what's being said. Paul, we've read in Romans chapter 7, the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. And those that follow after Christ, walking in the spirit, will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, and we'd, we'd walk in righteousness, and the righteousness of God would be being manifest or shown in the walk or behavior of those that trust the Lord and do what he says. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6, Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6, where the idea of betrothed or not betrothed, and he says he gives the endowment of uh, to be his wife. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, and he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, 
For this call shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, or no more two. They're not two individuals, but one flesh. They're not one, one couple, one, one, they move as one. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Why bring that up? We must understand the spirituality of marriage. Okay? So in back in the text, when a man is enticing this woman, whether or not he desired to marry her or not, he at least desired to be with her in an intimate way. Man's lust will pervert God's judgments at every turn. The intention between the attraction of male and female and the lack of goodness of a man to be alone and a woman to be alone is to bring sinners saved by grace, trusting the Lord into a harmonious, God-honoring, loving neighbor relationship. That's the intent of marriage, that husband and wife would work together to serve the Lord. That was the intent in the garden. Marriage is wonderful. It's a wonderful institution made by God, and relations between men and women should reflect that. But what has entered in in verses 16 and 17? There's enticement. There's learnment. There's deception. There's seduction. There's persuasion. Before we go too deep into that, I want you to also notice that we're talking about men and women here. Okay? Marriage is a wonderful relationship, God-ordained relationship between a man and a woman. Not between two men. Not between two women. Not between hosts of men and women. Not between hosts of women and men. Not between adults and children. And we're going to study not even between man and beast. We're going to study that at another time. But it's a wonderful institution. Spiritually, we should desire. We should desire. Son, you should desire a God-honoring relationship. You should desire that not through enticement, not through sinful engagements, not, not through worldly ways and means, but according to righteousness, through, through the spirituality of the law, to love God and love your neighbor and find a neighbor that will love you in one flesh, that together you would promote and encourage one another to serve the Lord. There's a lot of things that can go wrong because we're dealing with sinners. That made not being betrothed. You notice here that there's there's an occasion that's written in Deuteronomy that, that, if some, that, that if a woman's out in the field and, and she cry and nobody help her, but if she's in the city and she cry and, and, and different things, that, that, that has the idea of being forced. Here in the text, this woman is not forced. Okay? She's not forced. That, again, if someone is forced, that's a different conversation. That's not what's being talked about here. This woman is yielding to and open to a man's proposals. You ever heard that saying that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything? 
So, young ladies, and maybe some that are not so young but are open to a relationship, don't be enticed by things of the flesh. You see, that girls, just be wise. Okay, In this text and in reality, a lot of guys will say and do what they think they need to say and do to get what they want. And that, as sinful as it is, is how men operate. So women, be wise. You know, I don't know if you've ever been fishing before. That A lot of times I go fishing, I don't catch anything. I'm either using the wrong bait or the wrong lure, or I must have encountered some of the smartest and wisest fish there's ever been. Because what I try to entice with is not good enough for those fish to take the bait. Women, ladies, don't take the bait. Again, if someone is intending to entice then they will say and do what they need to say and do to get what they want. They will manipulate, they will turn, they will do whatever. Be wiser than that. Boys are wily, and I speak as a boy. Boys are wily and will say and do just about anything for a girl. He has gained her affections. Look at this. And if a man entice a maid that she is... Not and, and that is not betrothed and lie with her. He has gained her affections. She's he's won her over. There's a show that we watch as a family called Our Planet. And even in nature, by God's creation, male things will do some pretty funny things to to attract a female. There's some birds that they'll dance sideways and they'll even work in, in a chorus line, hopping one another. And, and whenever they get the dance just right, then the female bird will either give the nod or fly away or whatever. Gorillas will grunt. The, the uh, you know, kangaroos, we were just watching yesterday, kangaroos, they'll puff themselves up and look real big. Bears will fight one another. Certain fish, they'll clean up their little spot and, and try to get the biggest stack of stones and coral. They, uh, the males of every species will do all kinds of strange things to entice or seduce or attract or allure that female. Jill and I hadn't been married for very long. We went to an aquarium in the... Uh, in the greater Cincinnati area, and, and one of these little fish bug things that lives in the bottom of the ocean, it, the, the, the female that it lights, it lights up has a bioluminescence. And I was talking with her dad, and he, he said, Well, you know, I wonder why the girls have lights and the boys don't. And I said, Well, if the girls have a light, the boys don't need one. The, boy, the boys will find the girl and do what it takes to get with the girl. That's just how males are. Women, ladies, be aware of that. But also, men, it exposes us because deep down, deep down, being sinners, that's, that's the type of thing that the sinful heart of men will do. Yeah. And why, why do we bring these things up? You know what? As a, you know, just 
This might not be the most glamorous message you ever hear, but it's right here in the Word of God and therefore necessary for us to hear. In the dating scene, it's hard to avoid disaster if you don't know the rules of the game at hand. And I say game, it's no game, it's your life. But if you don't realize that someone is trying to entice you, young ladies, then you can be enticed. If you don't realize that there's traps and snares out there and that boys will do what they need to say and do in order to get what they want, then you might well fall into a trap or a snare. And also, young men, if you're not aware that you're trying to entice and allure, then you might think you're doing the right thing. But understand, understand our nature and our depravity. It ought to give us pause. It really should. What things do we lean on to try to attract of the opposite sex? He's gained her attention. You know what? And there's also there's some big talk going on here, evidently. Some men entice or they allure with great swelling words, lovey-dovey. Oh, you're the most beautiful girl in the whole world. I've never met anybody like you. There's this show that comes on TV called The Bachelor. And, you know, these guys, they'll say and do anything to try to get these girls to be attracted to them. Some men have big promises. Oh, yeah, I'll make your life so great. Yes, I'll, 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 I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll never let you do this, and, I, and I'll always be there for you. All these big promises. Some men enticed with overwhelming gestures, with candies, and with, with flowers, and with cards, and all these just overwhelm the senses, and, and they can be so enticing, so alluring. With some men, many... Entice, and they only have one goal. If a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her. Now that sounds pretty rough, and it sounds like, oh man, it's such a, why would you bring up something so crude? It's written, it's been written a long time in black and white. We're just now getting to it. But all that big talk and all that enticement, in reality, it comes down to one thing. Don't be enticed. Now, how in the world would we know what it sounds like? It sounds like if someone can be enticed, then they don't really know what's, what's going on, you see? Okay, so if there's something really beautiful out here in the back, you're like, oh, yeah, that looks great. I think I'm going to eat it. Well, somebody who might know what it is, and no, that's poisonous. Don't eat it. That's poison oak. It looks pretty and nice and colorful. It's poison oak. Spit it out. Don't be enticed. Know what's going on. This dowry, this price or purchase of marriage, it brings, a, brings the idea back. Look at this. And lie with her. He shall surely endow her to be his wife. What does that clause, what does that phrase tell us? It's not about a good time. It's not about a passing of time. Or let's, you know, this world cheapens what God has called marriage and how men and women are supposed to get together and for what purpose and what function. This isn't just about a time of self-enjoyment or a time of pleasure. When someone 
when one lies with another, and, and if you don't know what that means, then consult, consult those that can speak to you privately. But if, if the purpose, that's a relationship between men and women. So now marriage is brought up in the next clause, the purchase of marriage. That's the, that's the purpose of that relationship. It's to be held in a marriage sense. They were at least a, a, to, to attempt to go, to go through with this. So, young men and young women, when you have that thought on your mind, the word marriage should likewise be in your mind. If you don't want to marry somebody, then don't be thinking about enticements and allurements and, and physical togetherness because those two things should go together. Okay? Oh, that's old-fashioned. Does God's word go out of date? Or does it go out of style? You know, this world, it's all about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And, and Satan himself has been just trying to destroy the concept and the construct of marriage since the very beginning. Turning it upside down and perverting it, hasn't he? God's system works. So preserving that, that relationship, that physical relationship under marriage, anytime a physical relationship is thought of, marriage should also be brought into that thought. You think of the spirituality of the law. That behavior is set aside under marriage and those that would be married. This was designed under marriage and, and not simply a time of, of pleasure and uncomfortableness. God has designed it that those physical relationships would be good. He's designed it that it would be good in the context of God honoring marriage. Anything outside of that is sinful. Verse 17, If her father utterly refused to give her unto him, he shall pay the money. The, the young man that enticed shall pay the money according to the dower of the virgins. So he's still going to be um, he's still going to be responsible financially. Okay? But let's again, let's see the spirituality of what's happening here. Why The dad could say no, and why would he? Well, it could be that this man, he was just a lowlife. Okay? He doesn't want his daughter to marry a lowlife. And I speak as a dad. If my daughter is attracted to a low life, I have done a terrible job as a dad. If she can be enticed, if one of my daughters could be enticed with something fraudulent and low and sinful to a point where I don't value that young man's character at all, that means I have failed to show her what a, a man of character looks like. So whose fault is it if she falls for a low life? It's my fault. I say she, they, either one of them. If either one of them falls for a low life, it's my fault. Because I haven't shown them what a man of character then is supposed to behave like. What about the circumstances? What, what, if, he, what if he says no because of the circumstances? Oh, yeah, she's, she's too young or, or this or that or whatever. Again, that dad has failed in loving his neighbor who would have been his daughter. 
and properly instructing her. If I didn't read and study out and preach to you, verses 16 and 17, some of us are older along and some of us are married and some of us are, life is just fine. But if I don't teach as pastor of this church that you're to set out to look for someone God-honoring within the confines of a God-honoring marriage, and you were to go out and define yourself enticed by some worldly degenerate, and I would say, oh man, that person's no good. You can't be with that person. Well, you never told me I shouldn't. You see how it would be dad's fault circumstantially? Now, she's an individual and she's responsible for her own actions, no doubt. But still, the men, the fathers, were responsible to teaching. That's a lure. That's an enticement. Don't fall for that. That's a lure. That's an enticement. If every time a young lady, somebody blew her in the ear and told them how pretty they were and how great they were, they just fell for it, well, that happens more often than we might think is right. But no, dads have a great responsibility to guard their daughters and say, no, don't be enticed. Avoid that type of man of character. Avoid those types of circumstances. Don't go to parties with loose people and then, boom, you've had alcohol or whatever, and now you've made a mistake, and now you have to live with those mistakes. The dad could say no because maybe somebody would have a better offer. Well, you know what? Verse 17 happens after verse 16. It could be that the daughter would have had a better offer or could have had a better offer. But he did not train her appropriately so that she would not be enticed. You see? You see how this dad loving his neighbor could have educated his daughter and spared her some heartache? And now he's trying to play catch up or cover up, whatever the reason. Whatever the reason, the, the father utterly refusing, it implies absolute, resolute, and persistent denial. No, you will not marry my daughter. But guess what? Now that the, the, the dad hasn't done his job as a dad, and evidently that young man's job didn't do his, his dad didn't do his job as a dad to teach respect unto other young women and not try to entice them just for a time of pleasure. Now because you have two sets of families not doing the right thing, and now you have two individuals not doing the right thing, now dad is trying, is trying to figure all this out, and he adds sin to sin. What do you mean? Deuteronomy chapter 22. So let's say that this young man has enticed this woman, and dad says no. Well, now you have this young woman who physically has, it hasn't been taken from her. She gave away her maidenhood. She gave away her virginity. Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 13. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her and give occasions of speech against her and bring up an evil name upon her and say, I took this woman and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. 
She's been with somebody else. Go back to your text. This woman may have been enticed, and now she's married, and she might have married the love of her life, but now she's married, and it comes out. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the, of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city and the gate. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hateth her. And lo, he hath given occasions of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. Without too much detail, there was evidence that indeed she was still a vir of her virginity on the marriage. And the elders, elders of the city shall take the maid and uh, the man and chastise him because he lied. And they shall immerse him or ch chastise him and, or pay him a hundred shekels of silver and give them unto the father of the damsel because he had brought up an evil name upon the virgin of Israel. And, sh and shall, she shall be his wife, he may not put her away all his days. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of her virginity be not found for the damsel, if, if she had been enticed previously, and now on her wedding, the guy says, hey, look, she's not. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men in the city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she hath brought folly in Israel to play the whore, in her father's house, so shalt thou put evil away from among you. So in our text, when the father said refuse to give her as a as a as a wife, you see, her dad had a lot of responsibility in raising her to be an appropriate young lady unto marriage. And now he because of that failure, and now he says, No, now he has set her up where either she's going to be completely honest with a guy and maybe never get married, or she's dishonest and maybe stoned to death. You see how this dad could have, if he'd have started with this young girl and said, beware of enticement, beware of enticement, beware of enticement, you see how he could have spared her a lot of heartache? Now I want you to see some grace in the law. If in Deuteronomy chapter 22, if a man came, came to the love of his life and found that she wasn't a maid, who in the world would know if he didn't tell anybody? If he didn't, if he didn't, and that's why the Lord said in Matthew chapter 19, verses 7 through 9, it was because of the hardness of your hearts, because you can't forgive, you see. So in Deuteronomy chapter 22, if a man said, you know what, I know you've sinned and so have I and I love you and will love you and no one will know and we will die as an old married couple, then that's grace and that's forgiveness and that's love and that's embodiment of the gospel. In this Fornication is premarital relations, and that's what we're talking about in verse 16. Adultery is extramarital, meaning someone's already married, and now they're stepping out of the marriage. But the hardness of the heart will be lack of forgiveness. By refusing, right, the dad in verse 17, by refusing marriage here, the dad could set her up for a very lonely life and even being stoned to death. 
in the Jewish economy. Am I recommending that we stone people to death? Absolutely not. But how do we how do we escape all this? Men don't entice. Women don't be enticed. Know that the game at hand, know that the issue at hand in that clause in verse 16 and lie with her. Again, it's not against her will. She's motivated and, and her, he, her affections are gained. She's open to these proposals. They're both willing participants here. He wants to, she wants to. He gives her reasons why and they both do. If men and women have their desires to serve the Lord through God-honoring marriage, then that solves the problems of verses 16 and 17. The dad could say no. You know what? The man could say no, too. There's a lot of guys that once they get what they want, they just move on. Next. They hit the button. Next. In the text, he still has to pay the dowry. That could be a very costly venture for guys who like to move around a lot. If every time they meet a new woman that they've enticed and attracted and now they have to pay them as wives, now they have to support them as wives, people run into a lot of problems because they can't afford all their families and all their kids and all this and this and this. What am I supposed to do? i got to pay for four houses. Well, you shouldn't have tried to entice four different groups of women. Years ago, there was this ex-football player. He went on a talk show, and he didn't know it, but they were going to have all these women he had had children by, and they, were, they started comparing among themselves how much child support he was paying based on what state they were living in, all because he enticed them, and they were willing participants. Problems. You know what? She could have said no, too, and people forget that. She could have said no. She's just as much a person as anybody. But in that old economy, she would have had a very difficult life. If dad would have cast her out and now she doesn't have a husband, and, and she, she, it could have been a lot of problems there. This whole thing just sounds like a big mess, doesn't it? Shake your head, yes. It sounds like a big mess. You know what? It's so much easier. Then going through all this mess and the what ifs and now the consequences and, and is she going to get married or they're not going to get married? Is she going to get stoned to death? What's going to be the ramifications? ramifications? What's dad going to say? Instead of going through all that mess, it's much easier just to do things God's way. That men and women desire one another for the purpose of of helping and facilitating and encouraging one another to trust the Lord within and do what he says within the confines of marriage. That is what's supposed to happen between men and women. When the focus of a relationship is physicality, and intimacy rather than the focus of a relationship being on serving the Lord, then many, 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 many problems can arise. Because if he allured her to be physical with her, what happens when time goes on and physicality goes away? What happens when that attraction is no longer there? What happens? You see, the 
the attraction between man and woman is to be marriage to serve the Lord. That, that is the function of marriage. So let's see some applications here. This world has made a game out of enticements among men and women, hasn't it? A game, a literal game out of enticements between men and women. There are classes, there are seminars, there are books, there are videos. There's all kinds of garbage that the world offers on how to attract the opposite sex into fleeting moments of pleasure. There's a really wonderful book I recommend. It's called The Bible, The Word of God, teaching men how to be men of God and teaching women how to be women of God and teaching men and women how to be spouses in the Lord. The lure of the opposite sex is relentless. It never goes away. That's male and female. It never goes away. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Look, look here. And verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, if the Lord is there. He doesn't say what kind of sin. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Well, how do I know if it's an enticement? How do I know if it's a lure? How do I know if it's a deception? Do you live a purposeful life? If someone has a purposeful life, we just studied this morning out of, out of Deuteronomy chapter 8. If someone has a purposeful life, that they desire to bless the Lord then they will not be overwhelmed with enticements to disobey the Lord. You see? My son, don't be enticed. My son, don't entice others. Know that others will intend and attempt to entice. And know that the devil works in the same type of enticement that he always has. How does he do that? What did the young man of the text do to this woman to gain her affections? He offered her something that she wanted. Right? He offered her something that she wanted. 1 John chapter 2. Don't be enticed. What do you want? You should want more than anything to serve the Lord with everything you have. Don't be enticed. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it is, it is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Don't take the bait. Do not be enticed. Satan's offering, Satan's enticement, Satan's lure in chapter 2 and verse 16. 
is the same as what it was in Genesis chapter 3. You know this. Genesis chapter 3. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, is good for the flesh, is good to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. Why did she do that? She was enticed by that subtle serpent, wasn't wasn't she? Enticed. We know ifs, providentially, there was nothing else that could have happened. But this married couple purposefully and intentionally serving the Lord, desiring that they would never disobey him in all things that they would honor him, Well, I'll say it this way. If I live my life like that, then enticements would have little to no impact on me. This man enticing this woman, he knew what he was doing, and she should have known what he was doing. So men and women were to be responsible. Be responsible with your own heart and be responsible with the hearts of your neighbor. The marital relationship is not one to be entered into lightly, nor are the advantages of a marital relationship. Again, the, the, the physicality that he was enticing her for is a privilege of the marriage uh, of the uh, of the. Uh, the the marriage unit the the, uh, the 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 foundation of marriage, the construct of marriage. Talk of marriage should be serious and God honoring. So if someone is talking about a physical relationship, they should also be talking marriage. I told someone years ago that you're only going to marry somebody you date. So if you're desiring and are being enticed by someone that is not God-honoring, what's that say about you? The actions of marriage and the marital relations are serious, and they should be considered a God-honoring action. And they cannot be separated or should not be separated. God's Word does not separate them. That in a godly scenario, in, in a pattern following after righteousness, a physical relationship and a marriage relationship are inseparable. It is sinful to behave otherwise. So, children of God, don't be enticed to sin. Don't be enticed to this specific sin. Don't entice others to sin. Again, it's it's a separate conversation, but it's still true. You shouldn't entice another man's wife. You shouldn't entice another woman's husband. If someone's engaged, you shouldn't entice them either. But these are people who are, quote, playing the field. They're open. They're not married, and they're not engaged to being married. Do not entice others to sin and do not be enticed. 
There's a saying, I like it quite a bit, you can't uncook a chicken. Okay? Well, now, in verses 16 and 17, you got to cook the chicken. Now, what are you going to do? And the rest of it is trying to catch up. People can bother their brains and be up all night trying to find out solutions of what they're supposed to do and how to clean up a sinful mess. Tell you what, again, you can't uncook a chicken. Don't be enticed. Don't be fooled in the first place. Don't entice others to sin. If the issue at hand is lust and the issue at hand, Paul said it's better to marry than it is to burn. He understood that, that there are, are certain needs of the, of the physical form, of the, the male and female form. It's better to get married than to not be married. And physical marriage relationships, are, it is good. Seek the Lord in these things. It's not a matter of, of enticement and deception and lurement just to get what you want. The marriage relationship is foundational and created an institution made by God. You want a fruitful marriage, seek the Lord first. And seek his child first, one of his children. Don't find what you want to do and who you want to do it with and then ask the Lord to bless that. That's working things out backwards and trying to play catch up. No. Seek the Lord. Follow after his pattern. And honor him in the spirituality of the law. Not through enticements, not through sin, not through lure. Desire to love the Lord with everything you have. And find a woman or man, not betrothed or not married. And in a God-honoring way, Marry them, husband and wife them, and all added blessings shall flow from there. In marriage and in the spirituality of the law, husbands and wives, trust the Lord and do what he says. Sinner, look at this. If a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow, endow her to be his wife. You have been willingly enticed to sin. Your own flesh dangles in front of you and you are enticed, you're lured, you're on the hook for sin. This world offers you everything you want. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, your own self-assurance. It offers you everything and you are on the hook for sin. And by the way, you follow after the prince of the power of the air. And you are by nature children of, of wrath, disobedient in every way. And you are willingly enticed to sin. Look at verse number 17 again. If her father utterly refused to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Think of yourself as that young man. And you're trying to purchase yourself a relationship. But God Almighty, the Heavenly Father, 
will utterly refuse any payment you have to bring to the table for a relationship with him. There is no price you can bring. The Father utterly refuses you. But I've got all, uh, just look at me. You gotta love me. The Father utterly refuses you. He refuses your character. He refuses your circumstances. He refuses the best of what you have to offer. Utterly, completely, totally. Well, what, what payment then? How can I have a relationship? There's exactly one payment that the Father will accept. Never guess what it is. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You might want, and there's a lot of people that, oh, yeah, I love the Lord, talk about the Bible all the time. There's a lot of religious people out there that really want to have, they say they really want to have a, a relationship with God Almighty, but they want to come with their payment. We sing that song, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I claim. You will utterly be refused. Depart from me, I never knew you. Utterly refused. Except that just payment be made. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. You might through an enticement try to lure your way and try to deceive your way into this position or that position or whatever. Oh yes, I'm upright. I'm, I'm do this. I'm good in my whatever. You can't entice the Father. You cannot entice the Father. You will not stand before God and He say, you know what? Yes, I, I agree with you. That lure looks pretty good. You cannot entice the Father. Jesus Christ satisfied the Father. That payment, that precious blood. At Calvary, when Jesus Christ, his blood was shed, he saw, the Father saw of the travail of his soul and was satisfied. All those outside of Jesus Christ are utterly refused. Those in Christ, in the Beloved, are made holy and righteous. Ephesians in chapter 2, in the Beloved, there is utterly refused, and then there's in the Beloved, chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings, uh, blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There's there's utterly refused, and there's in the beloved. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. There's utterly refused, and there's in the beloved. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, whereof he wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. One more time. There's utterly refused and accepted in the beloved. 
You try your enticements and you try your dowries and you try your payment center and you try everything in the world to have a relationship with God and you will utterly be refused. May God grant you faith in Jesus Christ and repentance of all payment you think you have and that you would trust in the full and precious, the complete and finished gospel of Jesus Christ, how that he died a ransom for his people, was buried and rose again the third day. I would advise you, sinners, that your thoughts don't go anywhere near marriage until your need of salvation is satisfied. Any marriage you have outside of Christ, it's only to satisfy that lust of the flesh. It is. It's not for any godly reason. The unsaved can't even plow without sinning against God, let alone try to enter into a marriage scenario. Are you saying that, I, that someone should remain single until the Lord saves them? Yes. In Nineveh, they said nobody eats or drinks. Who can know if the Lord will grant mercy? Who can know if he will, he will repent himself of the anger? Don't console yourself with earthly pleasures. Seek the Lord. That is your need. Also, the Lord can be found gracious and has to save someone, an unsaved person who's in a marriage relationship. Save them. But now guess what? Now you're bound to an unsaved person. You want to talk about a miserable life. A child of God being married to a, to a person that's not saved, that's a miserable life. But what am I supposed to do? Trust the Lord and do what he says. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek the Lord. If you're to seek the Lord in all your ways, Proverbs chapter 3, and you are. Look, Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine understanding. I, you mean I'm not, I shouldn't get married? Yeah, you're leaning on your own understanding if you're getting married and you're not a saved person. That's a dangerous endeavor. In all thy ways acknowledge him. That includes marriage. And he shall direct thy paths. Well, if someone's not acknowledging the Lord and they're not saved, they're directing their own paths and they're leading straight into to a terrible relationship. Don't be enticed with man's ways. Don't be enticed with your own ways. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You would be far better off. Far better off. There's a woman that she was married to a man, and this man is reported to been a God-honoring man, and he died, and he died a long time ago. And she's been alone for so many years. 
And someone asked her, don't don't you need to be married? Aren't you lonely? And her response was, there's things a lot worse than being lonely. There's things a lot worse than being lonely. Sinner, I would encourage you to trust the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent. See, don't be enticed even by your own self. Many entice themselves. Don't be enticed of yourself. Don't live your life for pleasure. Don't set out just to do things your own way. Call upon the name of the Lord. Seek his face. Who can know if the Lord will be gracious? May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.